lean into that direction. Yeah, like you're both wrong. Exactly, <laughs> you're both wrong. It has Creativity. to be Elvis. Look back to the king. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening. This is Talk to the Hand podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. Everything you love about the 90s, we get into it every single week. So glad to have you here on my fourth week. This week, my best friend, Laura, is joining me to talk about our favorite 90s sitcom. You know, the one that you rushed home from school to watch. You watched reruns, you watched all the seasons, uh, you put your homework off until you got one or two episodes in, right? Yep, that one. So before we get into the topic, I just wanted to make sure that you're following us on social media, Pod on Twitter, Talk to the Hand Pod on Instagram. Our website is talktothehandpod.com. We're working on setting up a Patreon right now with bonus materials. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be doing some fun merch options as well. So we'll have some fun dad hats. We'll have some coffee mugs. We'll have all the fun stuff, right? Um, so we're going to get that ready for all United's kids and all United's kids at heart. So I'm so excited about it. I also just wanted to mention, like, like I mentioned in the episode last week, please, 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 please. We're going to have a lot of fun, but, you know, we're going to take it to a serious, uh, a serious note right now. Please, please make sure that you're registered to vote. Every single day we get closer to the election and it is our imperative to defend our freedom, to defend our marginalized populations, to defend our communities of color, to defend our vulnerable communities from who are vulnerable from COVID. We just we, we have an obligation, you guys vote all the way down all the way down the ticket, vote early, get your voting plan worked out now, find out where your polling location is, find out what time the hours that your polling locations open, check your state's election information, and be sure to check your registration at usa.gov slash confirm dash voter dash registration. I just did it this morning. It's super easy. It takes like literally two minutes. So I will put that link again in the show notes today, but please, please, please make sure you're registered to vote and you vote in this incredible, incredibly important election. And like I said, millennials, this is the most important one in our lifetime. Okay. Today, as you can tell in our episode title, we're going to be talking about, talking about Laura. Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse. The heartthrob of the 90s. (laughs) We're going to be talking about Full House and especially our love for everyone's favorite uncle. Oh, gosh. He's just so perfect, right? Absolutely. Who can deny that? Oh, my God. Okay. So we used a few articles here, a few sources I wanted to share. Um, The first one I used was Screen Rant article from April 2019. Ten Uncle Jesse quotes that show why he was a heartthrob as if we needed any evidence. I mean. (laughs) Have you seen that face? (laughs) Bustle article from August 2018. Fifteen full house episodes that are perfect to watch with your BFFs. And Laura and I can attend because we just watched one of them. (laughs) So fun. Uh, The third one we pulled from was Inside the Secret Scandals and Legacy of Full House from creator Jeff Franklin. It was a variety article from September 2017 during the revival. Okay, so everyone, like I said, 
I have right next to me, actually, we're quite cozy because we're sharing the mic right now. Um, I have literally right next to me, we're like bumping arms right now. This is my best friend, Laura, and I am so excited to have her on as my guest. And we're talking, especially for this topic. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. Okay. So, and so tell us who you are and why you picked us. Um, I'm one of Sarah's very closest <laughs> friends here in LA. I love her to death. We have so much fun together. So what other way to talk about your favorite things from your childhood than to do it with your best friends? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm here to do that exactly with her. It doesn't necessarily feel like a podcast, but more <laughs> catching up with a friend and chit-chatting about your favorite things. That's the goal. That's the goal. So tell us, so tell us why you picked the topic. I picked this as one of our favorite shows. I remember when Sarah told me to pick something from the 90s to talk with her about. One of my fondest memories as a kid was racing home from school. I lived about a (laughs) block away from school and we would fight to get home to if me and my sister got the TV, we could watch our favorite shows like Full House. If my brother got it, we were stuck watching his movies, which isn't what the topic is today. We won't even go there. But we always won. Yeah. And and Full House was so perfect. We had to. That's how you turn your brain off. Secret is my brother really wanted us to win anyway because he loved the show too. Oh, yeah. So we we grew up just watching this every day after school, and it was just one of our favorite shows growing up. So it was just a fond memory of childhood and so many things to love about the show. And that's why we chose to go down the route of Full House. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then when we were watching Full House, we both kind of had this. we, We knew we wanted to do Full House, but we both kind of had this epiphany. It's all about Uncle Jesse. It absolutely is, especially (laughs) once you get older. Uncle Jesse. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're going to go into, um, you know, we're going to go into a little mini dive about Full House. We'll talk about the background. We'll talk about the different characters. um, And then we have a fun little section at the end. Uh, We'll talk about notable episodes that we remember. And then at the end, we have a fun little section, uh, a little special segment. I promised you guys we would have special segments. So this is a pretty fun one if you, if I don't say so myself. Um, Okay. So Full House. Full House, how could you describe Full House, Laura? I think it captures every feeling that a family has. You have every character in there. Do You've got the, the youngest child. You've got the oldest child, the middle child. Every character was fit perfect. Yeah, it kinda... But it was also that awkward scenario of <laughs> a single parent who's family members jump in to try to help. So of course you have the quirky uncles and everything that comes in. So I think on some level, every person could relate and it, they just, of course it's a corny sitcom. So you had the corny lines <laughs> that kept you laughing, but there was always a moment in every show that you could connect to. A hundred percent. I totally so. agree. So I, I call this show, the show that spawned a thousand catchphrases because there are so many that we still have. I mean, you got a dude is one of them. How rude, you know, like have mercy, all of them. There's so many. And even in the Fuller House reboot, did you see any of that? I tried to get into it, but it does not do it didn't, Full House yeah, justice. It didn't click with me either, but they even had new catchphrases. It's almost like they knew that their show, like, spawned a thousand catchphrases who didn't know about the show how rude how (laughs) rude okay so full house ran from september 1987 to may 1995 with eight seasons and it started off airing on friday nights at 8 p.m and in the 80s abc called that spot the death slot because 
no one's really watching TV uh, at eight o'clock. Cause I mean, Laura and I remember watching it after school, but that's, that was before TGIF. That's what started TGIF. But, but they got lucky because that was the quote unquote death slot. Wow. What where a shows go to die. Yeah. That's where shows go to die, I guess. <laughs> or get born. <laughs> or get born. Exactly. It was considered to be the Brady Bunch of the 90s. And actor Dave Collier said, is that how you pronounce it? I think that is. That's how we're going to pronounce it. Said it was a G-rated dysfunctional family. He's the guy that played Uncle Joey. According to uh, the show's creator, Jeff Franklin, one billion people have watched Full House worldwide. So like one in seven people have seen an episode. A full house. That does not surprise me. Got really terrible reviews at first. They called, okay, so the one positive review it got said, even called it cheesy, saccharine, and mind numbing. And that was from the one positive review. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. That hurts. <laughs> and then from the how did it survive? It survived because Uncle Jesse. Anyway. Is that Fuller House, though? Because Full House, you could not say that about. No, yeah, no, no. Full House. Full House, the actual OG, Full House, got terrible reviews. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so everyone knows the theme song, Everywhere You Look. It was written by two musicians and the creator, Jeff Franklin. So this guy had a hand in literally every single part of his show. That's pretty amazing. Down to the theme song. Yeah. Laura, why don't you give us a synopsis about what the show is about? So the show is about um, Danny Tanner, who ends up being a widowed father. His wife passes away in a car crash, and he's now left with pretty much newborn child and his, I think, teenager and like middle age. Yeah. They go into that. Yeah. DJ, um, but three daughters. And yeah. And he is now finding himself a single father. He has a friend move in with him and his widowed wife's uncle or brother, who's Uncle Jesse, moves in who is going to try to stay for a few weeks to help him out um, out of respect for his sister who he lost but ends up staying the whole time yeah that's that's the perfect synopsis and it was endearing to watch a show about three grown men raising a house full of girls and it was a very unconventional family which was interesting because they weren't they were all conventional families so this was Oh, there's three guys that are three Mr. Moms, is according to Jeff Franklin. Um, so it's just an unconventional family. ABC loved the initial pitch and ordered a pilot literally the next day. And the interesting thing was that uh, Jeff Franklin, the producer, thought Jody Sweeten was good. Stephanie, the, the actress that played Stephanie, was going to be the breakout star because he thought she reminded him of a little Shirley Temple. She is pretty adorable. She's adorable. She was in Fuller House. She was great. But it was interesting that he thought Jody was going to be the breakout and not Mary Kane Ashley. Very true. I mean, if you really think of every star, though, they all got their their moment in that. And I think it shaped every single one of them. I think every single character from them brought it. But she I, I agree. Yeah, they were all great. They were all it was very well cast. Very well cast. Um, all right. So now we're going to get into the characters of the show. Um, we're going to start with Danny and then we're going to end with everyone's favorite. OK, so Danny Tanner. Danny Tanner was the dad of the show. He was played by Bob Saget, who was actually the producer's first choice to play Danny Tanner. But he actually was not available at the time of, of its creation and had to they had to hire someone else. And then when 
uh, Bob Saget was actually available, they basically fired I the guy. Know that. Yeah, it was a, it was an unaired pilot. <laughs> but I they can't filmed, imagine the show is without I him. Know, I know he's everyone's like dad. But apparently, he they actually had to re they recast him after the first pilot had been shot. Um, so there's a completely different actor for the first episode for the first pilot that was originally given to ABC. Well, maybe that's why it was on the dead slot. Yeah, it's like, yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, he on the show was lead anchor of Wake Up San Francisco. Yeah, so he he was one of two with Becky. With yeah. Rebecca Donaldson. That was Aunt Becky. But he was an anchor, which he's smooth talking. He was portrayed as the responsible one. And um, did you know that he was 30 years old in season one? I had no idea. 30 years old. There's an episode called The Big Three Zero. He is 30 years old with these three kids. <laughs> he lives in that house in San Francisco. <laughs> With what I thought was a teenager. I know. He's 30. But I think I know. maybe was maybe at the beginning DJ wasn't she was quite younger. a teenager. Yeah, she was younger at the beginning. But, but had no idea 30. 30 years wow. old. Yeah, because there's an episode called The Big 3-0, and he gets some car trouble or whatever, and on his 30th birthday, and it's a big, it's a big thing. So yeah, so he's 30 years old. Um, he's obsessed with cleanliness and order. And I'm gonna say, just the astrologer in me, I think he's a Virgo. He is all about like order and cleanliness and like he's just rigid you know he's kind of rigid but he's also a softy and he's also full of positivity and full of optimism totally he seems like the responsible yet lovable dad yeah yeah and bob saget's just classic totally he fits it perfectly he had he had that thing down. Okay, so then we're gonna move on to Joey, Uncle Joey. So can so Laura, who was Uncle Joey? Joey was a friend, best friend of Danny Tanner, who stepped in to really help his friend upon the death of his wife, knowing that he was now stranded with three children. But he was a comedian, so he brings the comedy to the show, as yeah. you can all remember, with all of his, you know, voices and imitations oh, and yeah. the antics that he would always be playing. Well, he was Ranger Joe. Yes. He did Ranger the Puppet on the Kids Afternoon TV show. But yeah, he was the wacky, wacky wild one that kind of, you know, if Danny was the one to portray just orderly, like, like behavior and cleanliness and strict morals, Joey was the immature one. For sure. Always cracking jokes, always bringing the fun to the table. Yeah. So Uncle Joey was one of the two guys that Danny called in to help when his wife died. Let's go through the other, uh, the Tanner girls. Okay, so the Tanner girls, there were three daughters. The oldest was DJ, middle was Stephanie, youngest was Michelle. DJ was played by Candace Cameron. Jody Sweeten played Stephanie and Mary-Kate Nashley, most famously, played Michelle. They played Michelle because of child labor laws. They had to get two like twins on on set because they couldn't record. Yeah. Yeah. So so Mary Kate Nashley, but did you know actually that Jeff Franklin from seasons two through season seven, at the beginning of the show while it aired, he actually had the names Mary Kate Ashley Olson because he didn't want people to think it was twins. 
Interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so basically we had the three girls here. As we mentioned, as we mentioned, Jody Sweeten was the one that Jeff Franklin thought that was going to grow up to be the breakout star. But Candace Cameron actually had the biggest outside of the Olsen twins who are like now fashion moguls. Candace Cameron did all, she does all the Hallmark movies and she did Fuller House. And like she, she really had a, a major career after that. I would say she was kind of the breakout star. I mean, if they you have were. to say the major ones were obviously Mary, Mary Kate and Ashley. Ashley. Yeah, Who yeah. doesn't know them? But they obviously had a di- downward spiral being yeah. grown up in the spotlight. Yeah, they had a but different, unique, you know. Made it out okay. Yeah, it seems like they're doing okay now. Although I think one of them just got, she's got a divorce or something. It's, but yeah, it's, I mean, 2020 is hard for everyone. So we're here now. Welcome 2020. Welcome to 2020. Are we in 2021 yet? <laughs> I seriously, I mean, it feels like it, honestly. So DJ, the name DJ stands for Donna Joe. DJ was the oldest. She was the most practical and gave advice to her younger sisters. She was very caring. She still had a little bit of that rebellious kid side. But with DJ, we saw a lot of serious issues in the 90s that we didn't necessarily see with the other ones. I remember an episode of her with an eating disorder yeah. and trying to work out too much, which as a teenager, we all go through that. So it was all relatable things that they shared with her. Yeah. she And she was older. So she got she was kind of tasked with doing things like babysitting when like when Joey and Jesse got chicken pox that one time and DJ was still I mean I think that was like the first season DJ had to have been like nine years old she was the babysitter well and imagine being the oldest woman of the house at yeah. that time Becky wasn't there yeah. so you're yeah. with three men DJ was left to be the mom of the three girls yeah so she and she really does have that role and she did have that role back in Fuller House too She also dated Steve for several seasons and they broke up at the end, but they brought he they broke up. It was it was fine. They ended up, you know, going on as friends, but they brought him back in Fuller House. Did you watch any of those episodes of Fuller House? Barely. I tried. Yeah. I mean, it was it just was past. They kept a lot of that G rated antics and that that made it such a big thing back in the 90s but I mean we're used to watching things like on Netflix where nothing's like censored so that when we get something that's kind of got that still G-rated family it's cute but we're past it we can't really relate especially for the the audience that's there we're grown now we're into things like uh, Twilight (laughs) yeah (laughs) Handsmaid's Tale oh yeah we have different you know (laughs) we have different tastes now and and not to say the nostalgia is not there but I almost feel like if the Fuller House reboot had had a little bit more of like a millennial Whereas a little more adult, I think maybe it would have had a little bit longer staying power. Plus the whole crew didn't come back. Yeah. So it felt like they were covering for the ones that weren't there. It just didn't have the whole feel to it me. It didn't have the feel, yeah. No, you're totally right. Stephanie is the middle child. She's the, the witty, sarcastic one. Do you remember her signature catchphrase, Laura? How rude. How rude. <laughs> she used to read in, uh, DJ's uh, journals and spy on her. Yeah, I, I mean. She really had that middle child 
syndrome with it all. Oh, her, yeah. she, she really portrayed that, like wanting to stand out and be independent yeah. and not be compared to the other two. She wasn't the baby, but she wasn't the oldest. And she just didn't ever want to be caught up in the middle. But you did see that little rebellion from her. Oh, you totally did. And out of the three of them, Stephanie dealt with like really the toughest issues in the, in the story. She dealt with things like peer pressure and smoking and makeup parties and joyriding and uncovering she actually uncovered child abuse of another student and dealing with her mom's death when she was little and laura and i literally before this episode just watched the episode or before this recording this episode watched the episode of full house where she got her ears pierced by kimmy because she wanted to fit in so stephanie really dealt with a lot of the relatable issues to at least what it felt like my generation Absolutely. And also just wanting to try to fit in, but also try to find who you are in that. So her character portrayed that a lot. Yeah, totally. And then, of course, Michelle was a little darling of the show. Of course, who can't course. love her? She and was actually, so adorable. Full House was the first show on TV that that witnessed a child growing up from infancy to childhood. Then I wanted to talk a little bit about Kimmy Gibbler. OK, Kimmy, what's up with Kimmy? I don't want to say no one likes her, but the annoying girl, the yeah. one that comes around and she's so dumb, but funny. <laughs> she was DJ's best friend. She was the next door neighbor. Um, I remember them talking about her really bad foot odor. Oh, yeah. And even in the episode we just watched, they said something. They made some joke about Comet drinking out of the toilet and Kimmy drinking, too. So they also kind of made her this punching bag of just being gross. Right. And having bad hygiene and just being gross and kind of being, which is so Untrustworthy, interesting. Untrustworthy. Yeah. Just not anybody that you can rely on. Yeah. Just a, an odd character, but yet was with DJ everywhere. Everywhere. Lived in the house with them pretty yeah. much. Just that an, that girl that was just always around, but drove everyone else in the house crazy. Oh, totally. And there were full episodes devoted to how much people didn't like Kimmy. And what I wanted to touch on today is like, why did they hate her so much? I mean, let's review her personality quirks. I mean... Okay, so she was quirky. She marched to her own drum. She was outspoken. Okay, she was a little pushy, a little annoying. But truthfully, she also called people out on their bullshit. I don't think people liked that. And I think that's what people were the most intimidated by. But think about this. We were in the 90s. We're in a different era right now. People didn't like that back then. Yeah. They They wanted somebody fitting into the mold of popularity in that time. And she was definitely what we would probably be thinking of as the girl that gets bullied the in anti, school. Yeah, and the anti. If you look at that, that's what happens is those ones that don't want to fall into those categories are deemed as weird and annoying. Do you think now if it were filmed in the original context now in 2020 that Kimmy would be the main character? Like maybe they would tell it from Kimmy's point of view? Possibly. I don't know how they would twist it. I think they're all different characters, but I don't think she'd be portrayed as the same as it being someone that is just annoying and you don't want to like her. I think they would just portray that as a character of being different. Okay. So she would still kind of be a sidekick, but you don't think... Because I'm I'm just thinking about the TV shows we have now and how a lot of the times it's about the outcasts and about the people that that march to their own drums. Well, maybe towards the TV, but you see all those stories about bullying still happening. So I feel like in real life, that character is still there. The Kimmy Gibbler is still there. 
but there are people that twist and are gaining their strength and being able to embrace that. So yeah. I don't think it's as hated, yeah. but we do still see signs of bullying. And oh, I feel yeah. like it's towards those kind of characters. Oh yeah, totally. There's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah. A lot of work to be done in not teasing the Kimmy Gibblers. And then I also want to say there is an episode later on towards the end of the series where Kimmy actually gets stuck in a bathroom in like the Smash Club, which is the club that Joey and Jesse own together. And she she mentions to Jesse how she actually doesn't like how they make fun of her. And then at one point, Jesse goes back to the Tanners and says, like, you guys, we need to really take a chill pill on this. Not we, we need to like really chill out about um, giving Kimmy a hard time. Oh, look at. Uncle Jesse. I know. It was Uncle Jesse that did that. I'm Okay, we're going to get into that. Uncle Jesse is the one that did that. So, um, but then, you know, after that, everything goes back to normal and she doesn't seem to mind. So, so let's move on a little bit from Kimmy Gibbler and talk about our favorite, Uncle Jesse. Our favorite leather-vested, smooth-talking heartthrob. He was a playboy before Aunt Becky and he became the ultimate, ultimate family man after and Becky, proving to everyone that true love reigns supreme. Do you think that's why people liked him so much? He is that bad boy turned good boy, that fantasy of that guy falls in love with you and changes his tune. Yeah. That's the first time he's we gorgeous. Yeah. Fun. He's witty. He's handsome. He's, he's a musician. Musician. He's everything that the girls he's chase smooth. after yeah. and want. But most of the time they never change for you but for aunt becky he did oh she well, i she, think yeah. that's why people love this character so much yeah he's like the ultimate the ultimate dreamboat just because he is and he's such a sweetheart with kids oh my gosh just his relationship with michelle itself is so adorable it doesn't even matter this it wouldn't matter who he was his heart when he yeah came it wouldn't even matter who he was what his background was what is whatever it, his relationship with michelle is so precious and i think everyone loved it it um, melted their hearts it melts everyone it still melts my hearts today so okay here's an interesting thing laura okay John Stamos, his character was actually supposed to be named Jess Cochran, but John Stamos is very Greek and very, very proud of his Greek heritage. And in the second season, he asked the producers to change the last name to reflect his Greek heritage. And that's when he became Jesse Kostopoulos. Wow. Yeah. Respect. Yeah, very. Respect. He wanted to pay homage to his Greek heritage. And I think that's really freaking cool. That is very amazing that you can change a show after one season to reflect the name you wanted to. Reflect. And that's well, and clearly, like he had the pull to do that, you know, like he he had he had the strength and the and the reputation. He had the respect of Jeff Franklin to be able to command that, which is pretty cool. He was very into Elvis. He oh, was yeah. a musician. He loved motorcycles. He was obsessed with his hair. Yeah, he was. I remember an episode where a piece of his hair got cut off and he was losing it. Yeah, and that's the episode where Stephanie cuts his a chunk off of his mullet and he gets into the motorcycle accident, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's that obsessed with his hair. It's so funny. But and remember his catchphrase? Watch the hair. Watch the hair. And he also, you see it when his 
kids in the episode we just watched. Oh he was gosh. so scared to cut their hair yeah. because he had pride in his kids' hair. So looks and hair and this whole thing with image was such a thing for Uncle Jesse. 100%. Um, Aunt Becky was a great match for him. They actually brought her on Lori Laughlin, who's legally embattled at this point at this moment. Actually, no, she's she's supposed to serve some prison time, I think. But Aunt Becky came on to just do six episodes, and she was such a good fit for Jesse that they kept her on as a series regular. It's hard to imagine such a person in the show that was so lovable, the perfect wife that straightened this guy out to now be where she is. I just can't see it. Well, she was so smart and she was like, no bullshit. And she pushed him and she challenged him. And, you know, musicians, they can kind of, I'm not saying this is true for all musicians, but some musicians, especially the ones that Jesse represents are kind of divas. And when they meet someone, any person, any kind of person that is their match, but in a way that humbles them. Oh yeah, that's exactly what Aunt Becky did. Oh, she did that. And Aunt Becky, she was on the show with Danny Tanner and that's how they met. That's how they met, yeah. Um, So Uncle Jesse was often portrayed as irresponsible but always stepped up when he needed. He was deeply romantic, a sensitive artist and he's thoughtful, he loves his family. (laughs) Do you remember the episode when Becky was pregnant and she asked him for some chips and he went to the store and brought back one bag of every single kind they had and called it the pregnancy variety pack. Oh, that's adorable. That is such a Jesse thing, (laughs) an Uncle Jesse thing to do. Just doesn't know what to do, so he brings it all. Well, I've never been pregnant, so I can't vouch for how incredible that is, but just the thoughtfulness behind it, Oh my God. Like, that's incredible. Like, I think uh, we all want that in stream. And you know what? John Stamos, like, I, I have to think he's got some of that in him if he's able to be such natural at it. I hope so. I hope I so. I think he does. I've seen so. other characters he's played. Yeah. I think he has some of that in him. Oh, he's so sweet. In Fuller House, it's revealed that Jesse, Becky, and his and the boys move to L.A. He becomes a composer for General Hospital. Basically, Screen Rant, there was an article um, that Screen Rant wrote about that ranked the characters according to likability. And guess who made it to number one? Of course, Uncle Jesse. A hundred percent. There were nine characters they ranked and Kimmy Gibbler was number nine. <laughs> But Uncle Jesse was number one. Well, Uncle Jesse has that likability from every level. He's that family man. He he has that romantic side. He has that witty, fun side. He's on his feet. He's adventurous, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he just portrays all of that. He's not the strict dad. Yeah. He's not the too loosey-goosey guy. Yeah. He, but you know how to wiggle into his heart if you know it. Like, He's Michelle balanced. had him wrapped around his finger. Oh, and she totally. was a little baby. He had a good balance. He did. He was, because you had Danny, like you said, you had Danny, who was a little too strict. You had Joey, who was a little too loose. And then Uncle Jesse was right there. Just learning his way. Learn, yeah. And that's what we saw with him is he came in as this bachelor. Yeah. Not ready to be a parent. Got thrown in with these three girls. And you really watched him grow yeah. into it. Well, ending up it, having twins. Exactly. And doesn't it make sense? I mean, neither Laura. Okay. Listeners. Dear, dear listeners. Neither Laura nor I have children at this point. But we are... Also, it does. It seems more 
Like that's how you get thrown into to parenthood. And parents, tell me if I'm wrong. That's that's how you get thrown into parenthood. Is you kind of you and you're enjoying this lifetime. And Laura and I were just talking about this before we started the episode too. You're enjoying this life. You're enjoying your being, you know, social and and tapping into creativity and being an Uncle Jesse. And he was in the band called Jesse and the Rippers. <laughs> and you're you're playing shows every night. And you're like you're a playboy, whatever. And then living the best life. The, and then boom, you have a family. You have a wife and two kids to take care of. And I feel like the Danny Tanners, the really responsible ones are more the, and I mean, Danny Tanners also had three kids, but it seems like from my friends, the people that I know who have had kids, it's a lot more like the, the Jesse scenario when you start having kids than it is like you said, thrown into it. You learn as you go. You have to. Yeah. And I bet Danny had that when he had DJ. Yeah. But by oh, then, yeah, 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 it yeah. was like, okay. Well, and then apparently it was like 21 years old. <laughs> Learn as you go. Learn as you go. Fake it till you make it. So I'm going to, so so I pulled up a list here of our favorite Uncle Jesse phrases. And Laura and I are going to go through the, okay. Do you remember when he would go, talk to me? Of course. Yeah. Be like, talk to me. Like, like he would want you to come over and just tell me what's on your mind. Right. It was so alluring. I think you brought that up when it, it, it reminds me of how you said Kimmy was feeling down. Yeah. That's like the exact time when he would be like, talk to me. Talk to me. Exactly. Open up to me. And he had that. He could he could tap into that. Yeah. That's a really good point. He had a likability that you would just open up to him. Yeah. That's a really good point. And then him saying, like, talk to me is very disarming. Yeah. The way that he would say it was very disarming. You knew you, he was ready to listen. Yeah. Or was, at least you felt it. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> Okay, what about this one? Do you remember this one? What do you say, little mama? He would say it in an Elvis accent. <laughs> I always thought that was really cute. Well, I do remember he was obsessed with Elvis. He was obsessed with Elvis. He would do like the lip snarl. Um, what about his nicknames? His He had a couple nicknames, but there were like a couple that really stick out to me that were really swoon worthy. Do you remember those that he used to call Michelle? Oh, Shorty and Munchkin. <laughs> so cute. He also had a lot of like smooth pickup lines. You know, he used to like one one way he would get. Do you remember how he used to get Becky to kiss him? Do you remember that? He used to be like, help my lips, help. And then he would kiss her. Like, how cute is that? That's so cute. That's so cute. So when he and Becky are getting married, um, he writes a song for her. Do you remember what he says in his, his vows? Oh, it was a whole song. Wasn't the yeah. wedding episode? Like, yeah. that's a song every girl dreams. Oh, Seems to have like written Swoon. for them. Like if you had that written for you. <laughs> yeah, his his the famous line I remember from it was when he's playing the piano and he's looking up at Becky and he says, if every word I could I said could make you laugh, I'd talk forever. Aww. Come on. But People. then do you remember the church choir coming in <laughs> at their wedding and singing behind them? It was like a thing <laughs> this song it was so extra something <laughs> so only extra. uncle jesse while he's looking back at her with these swooning eyes oh the 90s we love you 90s <laughs> um do you remember the watch the hair watch the hair oh he's always watching his hair like i said I, I think he had to have been a libra but i think he might have had some taurus placements all my astrology people you know what i'm saying and then i so the, the hair thing is interesting because a lot of people would call that vanity, but really in the 90s, it really points to toward this reversing gender stereotype that it's only women who care about beauty and grooming. And it really just kind of opened that up. 
I think it did. Um, and then there was that one point, uh, oh my God, oh my God, do you remember what, um, when he dyed his hair and Becky was like, like, why, why, why did you do it? Because I'm worth it. <laughs> do you say that to your husband? Laura is a newlywed, everyone. She just got married like what, three, four weeks ago? Almost a, almost a month. So you got to tell Bray this. You got to use this on Bray. Because I'm worth it. Because I'm worth it. <laughs> so next time. Always worth it. Come oh on, every God. single one of us. I'm worth it. <laughs> Treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> and then finally, finally, I know there's one I have not mentioned yet, but it's, it's the one that everyone knows Uncle Jesse says. What is it, Laura? Have mercy. Have mercy. <laughs> oh, we all remember that one. That's such a good one. Um, okay, so I wanted to go through a couple of episodes, a couple of notable episodes. And, and Laura, if you remember any of these, if you have any that you remember, um, the one that we just watched was called I'm Not DJ. It's season six, episode 10. It's when Stephanie gets her ears pierced. And she really, really wants to get her ears pierced, but her dad won't let her, Danny won't let her because DJ didn't get hers pierced until she was in junior high. And so she gets them pierced. Kimmy brings a little nail gun and they get infected. Of course. And everyone learns a valuable lesson. Always trying to make decisions, trying to please your friends <laughs> and going behind your parents' back. But also in that episode, might I add, because we're talking about hair, this is where you see <laughs> how impo- how scared they are to cut their yeah, twins' hair. Uncle Jesse. was the first haircut yeah. for Uncle Jesse's kids. Oh, he was so scared. He was so scared. He's so, so proud of their hair, too. It's so funny. Well, okay, so another season six episode, episode 13, Stephanie, uh, it's called The Dating Game. It's when Stephanie thinks she had this, like, guy friend, and she thinks that he asked her out but he actually just thought they were friends and he just thought they were hanging out and it just it just kind of many of us have felt that exactly it just kind of speaks to the fact that i feel like stephanie probably had the most relatable 90s drama issues absolutely how many of you as women or men have felt like the opposite sex was really asking you out and really into you and you're going down that route only to find they just think you're i know i know Crazy. So another another episode is called Rock the Cradle. That's when Becky finds out she's pregnant. It's a super silly episode. But the other thing about it is it's it's nice to watch these as 30 whatever's we are, you know, mid thirties, late thirties. And it's really nice to watch these episodes and be and watch it from a very adult eye because some of these situations I mean, I can't believe that Danny was supposed to be 30 years old. So you know that Uncle Jesse's probably supposed to be younger. Like, this is crazy that they're all going through these these issues and they're our age. Absolutely. It's so crazy. That episode was funny. That they, was really did, they funny. brought so much humor into that. She tried to feed him a tray. Yeah. Of, like, giving him hints and it had baby back ribs. That's right. Baby carrots. I forgot about And he goes, oh, okay. She goes, guess the theme. And he said, oh, finger food. <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't get it. So then she had to do Pictionary, and he just wasn't understanding. It was a funny episode. That's so funny. I, yeah, that's totally right. I love it. And then um, remember when she's pregnant, and she got, uh, like, a few episodes later, and she got Jesse to wear the pregnant belly? Oh, I do remember that. And then there's that episode of Pox in the House, which is in season one when they get chicken pox. It was, that's an interesting mark of our times, too, because back then there wasn't a vaccine, a chicken pox vaccine so a lot of the shows had episodes about and like it wasn't just 
Full House. Friends had an episode. If you remember, Charlie Sheen was in an episode with on Friends where they did a whole thing about how he was a sailor that was only on shore for a week and he came to see he came to see Phoebe and they ended up getting chicken pox the one week he was on on land. And like the chicken pox was a that was a 90s thing that we just don't see anymore because that now there's a vaccine for it. Can COVID hurry up and have I, that? Seriously. <laughs> seriously. 100% there with you. Oh, my God. Um, so that was a funny episode. That one's where they have like the, they have the kitchen gloves on and they're scratching. Oh, the mitts. Yeah, the mitts. And then like scratch. <laughs> they put their heads together and keep scratching <laughs> each other's heads. It's so cute. That was Je- uh, Jesse and Joey got it together. So, so yeah, those were some notable episodes that I wrote down. Did you have any notable episodes? I mean, obviously the wedding one. Everybody yeah. tuned in for that. Everyone had to see the love story come to the wedding. Um, that was just, you know, amazing. I She already picked the pregnancy reveal. <laughs> so That's funny. A good one. There was one where I remember only because this hap- didn't quite happen, but we had a car roll down the driveway when we were playing in it. But there was one where Stephanie crashed a car into the house. And there's just so many things that just That's happened. That's a big one. That's a big one. Do you remember the one where they did the talent show when they did Ace of Base? I saw this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ace of Base. And I remember the, I do remember the makeout episode where they go to the party and Stephanie's friends, like they were having like the makeout party. Oh, the spin the bottle. Yeah. It was like, I remember watching that and I was a kid. I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be watching this. This is some serious adult situations here for Stephanie. But like I said, those were, you know, Stephanie really had the most relatable things that you would go through as a kid, as a, you know, as a kid in the 90s, especially her age. I mean, she was, it was almost like a forewarning. <laughs> totally. I mean, I think I related to DJ a lot. I was an older child. Uh, so yeah, you yeah. always had to have that responsibility. Yeah. And I, just watching her roles of always playing yeah. the big sister and always trying to st- stick in like the episode we just saw. Remember, she's mm-hmm. only 10 when she was getting in trouble for going behind their back yeah. and piercing her ears. Yeah. You know, it's just that there was there were so many episodes that had those life lessons but done in such a corny fashion of 90s yeah, sitcom so fun. <laughs> I felt like I, I felt like I was the most Stephanie out of all of them because I felt like my I was the older sister but I was still like I was still rebellious and I was still I still had kind of that Stephanie streak in me and my sister had the DJ plus Michelle she because she was younger but she had kind of that DJ old soul mixed with Michelle's cute pixie face. Oh gosh. Michelle's little eyes. Yeah. Her little pixie. Oh, she's so cute. But yeah. Okay. Well, so that was it. That was, that's a fun show. Uncle Jesse. We loved uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse's the best. How can you not see that? Like, I mean, we were, Sarah and I were looking at pictures of him. (laughs) I mean, Sarah sent me quite a few to prepare for today. I really did. Leather jackets, you know, white t-shirts. I think he he was definitely wearing those shirts. Oh, he wore, he, well, yeah, those white short shirts, definitely. He he made that a signature look. The black jeans, white tee, and like a leather vest or a leather jacket. That was it. I think you just can't go wrong with it. You can't go wrong. It's a classic. So, okay. So we're going to move into our special segment. And today, our special segment is what would Uncle Jesse do? We've got a couple of questions here from our listeners. We're going to go into them. And Laura and I are going to try to guess what Uncle Jesse would would give for advice. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Okay. Here's our first one. Dear Uncle Jesse... 
my friend and I are starting a creative project and we just aren't seeing things eye to eye. We have different priorities and styles. What do I do? What do you think Uncle Jesse would advise? I mean, and he, he would advise it to go towards Elvis style for sure. <laughs> he was obsessed. Elvis anyway. And that's what he would say would sell. Yeah. Yeah. He that would was... definitely lean into that direction. Yeah. He'd be like, you're both wrong. Exactly. <laughs> you're both wrong. It has Creativity. to be Elvis. Look back to the king. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I feel like Uncle Jesse would probably... I feel like he would probably have something sarcastic to say, but he would probably also say, I think it's time to have an actual heart to heart conversation that talk to me, talk to me conversation with your friend and say, first of all, you're both wrong. Elvis is the way to go. Second of all, um, what's up? What's up? Do we need to split this off? Do we need to, you know, it, it all boils down to communication. It does. Talk to and me. I think he would get that. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Okay. So, so dear reader, dear listener, you're going to want to definitely follow in uncle Jesse's footsteps. First of all, scrap anything you have and replace it with Elvis. Second of all, communication. Absolutely. Dear uncle Jesse, I'm really tired of my roommate's messy habits. What do I do? This is where I feel like uncle Jesse would do something like he would do set some kind of trap up so that you got screwed over by your mess. I agree. <laughs> I feel like he he's not he's not the like argumentative type. He would find a roundabout way. Yeah, yeah. Like if you if you really needed a certain like if you could only drink out of one certain coffee mug and you weren't doing any of your dishes but you somehow always washed that coffee mug, he would find some way to, you know, use it as his like toilet brush cleaner holder. <laughs> he probably would. He would probably do some roundabout yeah. way. And then and then to make it would, to where you couldn't do you you couldn't go that route yeah and then you would be like what the hell man and he'd be like look i've been meaning to tell you and this is the only way you'll listen (laughs) right (laughs) oh so good all right well that those were our two uncle jesse questions Thank you so much, everyone. This was such a fun episode. It was so fun to to do the research, to look at the photos, to watch the episodes of Uncle Jesse. We're going to have Laura back. She's going to be doing four after-school sitcom episodes. This is just one of four. Laura will be back to do more. Our next one will be really, really fun. Do not miss it. Stay tuned. And Laura, thank you so much for coming on. Where can we find you? What do you want? Is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want our listeners, our 90s kids to check out? Whatever. Tell me, what what do you got? What do you got for our 90s kids? I have the most adorable puppy if you ever need puppy pictures. Oh my God, you guys. Little multi-poo. He's so so cute. cute. He's so cute. Cuteness break if you need. You can follow him on Instagram at Akita, E-K-I-T-A-A-H. No... Nothing going on there, just cute pictures. Oh, it's so great. And I can attest to it, you guys. He's like a little teeny tiny teddy bear that fits in your pocket. Next, if you need um, body scrubs, face scrubs, anything made from pure organics, my girl Erica makes the best. They're all completely organic, edible if you need, but made with love and everything has specific purposes. And you can find her on Erica Organics at E-R-I-C-A, organics, 
on she's on Instagram. And you guys, I'm holding I'm holding her stuff right here. I and this is non-spawn. Like she's not sponsoring this episode and these are this is a legitimate small woman black owned business and it's one that you're going to want to support because it's going places. She she makes lip scrub out of red hot candies. 90s kids little 90s candy by yeah, the way. Yeah, 90s kids, you know, you know what we're talking about. Erica's Organics. And then make sure you're following Akita. E-K-I-T-A-A-H. Laura, thank you so much. So much fun. Thank you so much. We'll do it again. We will definitely do it again. We're finishing the day off with our probably like second truly. Second or third truly. We don't know. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next week.